Hey there, Wit Wednesday pod listener. I'm your host, Heath Queen, from the Office of Career and Professional Development at Wittenberg University. Every week, we are bringing you accomplished Wittenberg alumni to share nuggets of wisdom to help you along your professional journey. Just by tuning in today, you've already made the best choice that you'll make all day. Now go make the second best choice by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Today on the pod, we're going to be focused on what it's like to work internationally and with the Peace Corps. Joining us, we have another great alumnus talking about her experience in this space and providing advice for those of you who may be interested in exploring that pathway. Let's hop on over to that conversation and see what Erica Franz has to say. Welcome back, Tigers. Today on the Wit Wednesday pod, we are so excited to get to chat with Erica Franz. Erica is a 2006 Wittenberg alum with a degree in history and political science. Uh, since Wittenberg, Erica has gone on to complete a master's degree in public administration and earned a Juris Doctorate from the Cleveland Marshall College of Law at Cleveland State University. And in 2013, Erica went to serve for the U.S. Peace Corps as a local government capacity building advisor in Botswana. Um, after this, Erica then worked for two and a half years in Washington, D.C. for the U.S. Small Business Administration before then returning to the Peace Corps, where Erica now serves as the Director of Management and Operations in Colombo, Sri Lanka. Uh, we're so excited to, for Erica to be here and to share with us her experience with working internationally for the Peace Corps. And uh, Erica, welcome to the pod. It's so great to have you with us. I know it's late in Sri Lanka, but uh, we, we appreciate you get, taking the time to, to spend with us. Thank you so much, Heath. It's great to be here. I'm excited to uh, be able to share my experience. Perfect. Well, well, Erica, I'm wondering if you could just start off by telling us a little bit about what you're up to today and, and your current role, what's happening in your world and uh, and in your current work. Yeah, um, I'm gonna. I'll start out with a, a very boring disclaimer. Um, but as a, a federal government employee, I'm just gonna let you know that everything I talk about in this podcast are my own personal opinions. Um, not opinions or views of the Peace Corps agency or the US federal government. Um, with that out of the way, I am, as you mentioned, um, currently the or Director of Management and Operations for Peace Corps Sri Lanka. Um, Peace Corps is re-entering Sri Lanka after a, about a 20 year absence. Um, we left in 98 due to the civil uh, unrest, the civil conflict that was happening here in Sri Lanka. And uh, the government invited us back, I want to say in 2017, and we started to set up shop um, and have staff here late in 2018, 2019. We've had a couple of delays, uh, as you may all be very aware um, with COVID, but we are here getting the program and ready to welcome a new group of volunteers back. So hanging out in Sri Lanka, riding out the COVID wave here. Um, I actually changed to Sri Lanka from Timor-Leste um, in late 2020. So I've experienced COVID uh, in Timor in the U.S. and Sri Lanka, and it's all been a wild ride. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine how uh, challenging it's been, even in the last year and a half with, with COVID and travel restrictions and all those things going on uh, to, to, to do the work yeah. that you all are doing there. Some epic uh, travel stories. And I always <laughs> thought I had some good ones to begin with, but this last year has been uh, even better. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Now, as I kind of understand it, the Peace Corps has both volunteers serving for 27 month assignments at, at posts, and then also a set of professional staff like yourself that are that are more permanent employees, whether in the US or deployed somewhere else. Would, would that be kind of an accurate statement of, of, of how the Peace Corps is structured? 
Yeah, so we, um, the, the bulk of our bread and butter are volunteers, uh, our volunteers that mostly the traditional volunteers, they serve two year assignments. And we say 27 months because they will get three months more or less of training when they first arrive and then they swear in um, as a volunteer for two full years of service after that point. Um, and that is, I could be totally wrong on numbers, but that, that is in the, the two thousands of volunteers. <laughs> I'm not on the recruitment side, so I'm not great at, at rattling those off the top of my head. Um, in about 61, 62 countries around the world. Um, and then in each of those countries, of course, we have staff. We mostly have, give or take, about three U.S. direct hire staff. Um, and then the rest of them are host country national staff. So that is, uh, and then of course we have a whole operations in, in the U.S. too. We have some recruiting offices, um, but our headquarters office in Washington, D.C. Perfect. Now thinking about you working on the professional staff, I'm curious if you could share a little bit about how you initially got connected with the Peace Corps and whether working abroad was something uh, that maybe you had a long running interest in or whether you discovered it after Wittenberg or, or how that all kind of worked itself out. Yeah, I, that is a great question. Um, you know, I think when I was at WIT, I, I did do the Lesotho trip um, between my junior and senior year with Dr. Rosenberg. Um, I had done few travels abroad, maybe, you know, a couple trips in high school. Um, I had always wanted to go uh, to somewhere in Africa. I wasn't particular on where. So when Lesotho came up, I said, sure, that's great. I so specifically remember D Rose saying, uh, which is what we called him. I don't know if people still call him that. Um, saying, you gave like, me a new name. Know, you, yeah, you're going to, it's like the whole continent's kind of going to warm its way into your heart. You're going to want to do Peace Corps after this and you're going to fall in love. Um, and I, I liked it. I had a really good time. I didn't feel that initial pull, but it did somehow warm its way into my heart because after I finished um, at WIT, I, worked in Cleveland for a few years and um, was making the decision to start law school and thought to myself, you know, if there's going to be a time to go back abroad, it's going to be before I do this whole law school thing. So I did another trip and it was um, so kind of like bits and pieces, like I worked my way, you know, from a, from the, the Lesotho trip to another similar trip, but, you know, not, not through the university. So not through, you didn't know anybody else who was going to do this volunteer thing. And then it got into, then it started working its way into me. That trip was to Tanzania. And then um, I spent another couple summers kind of finding my own internships abroad. And then I, this is while I was in graduate school, thought, okay, maybe I do want to do international development. Um, the best way, well, kind of one of the, one of the best ways is uh, to do Peace Corps service. A lot of international development requires minimum two years of working overseas. One way to get that is through doing Peace Corps. Um, and it's not, you know, it's not the only reason to serve. And of course you have a lot of other reasons to serve if you're gonna join Peace Corps. But for me, it was like, this is great. I can be overseas again. I can see if I wanna do international development work. Um, I actually left Peace Corps and thought to myself, I don't want to do international development work. I'm not sure this is for me. Um, so how I wound up here, you know, I, um, but I really, I think there's so many ways to do it. Um, so I, I'm the management and operations person. I do contracts, procurement, finance. Um, I'm not in the field doing development, but I'm supporting the office. 
And um, it's been for me a really interesting way that both used my skill set and I think kind of leaves me room to, to move around whether I wanted to do, you know, who knows what I want to do next. I'm kind of a career chameleon more so than I think um, others. And so I thought this was a great way to kind of give me a chance to be abroad, but also to use my um, skills. I don't know if that was, I, I rambled, so I, I might've lost the question, but I think that's what it is. That's perfect. No, that's perfect. Thinking yeah. thinking back to those some of those initial thoughts of maybe I, I would be interested in working abroad, I wondered if you could share a little bit. You know, I think many students have some interest in either doing a year of service with with program like Peace Corps or even working internationally at some point, but renegotiating expectations with family and friends, I think can be difficult at times and, and may deter some students. Could you maybe share a little bit about when you were first jumping into to, to working internationally or abroad? Um, yeah. How did you and your family, friends adapt to the change um, when it first kind of became a yeah. reality for you living and working outside of the U.S.? Yeah, I think that it's, it's a great question and a really good point because I have a lot of, um, I mean, my, my family's all back in Ohio. Um, my, a lot of my friends from WIT are still in Ohio and, you know, I think maybe a little bit on the Lesotho trip, but certainly, um, my, my trips after that of overseas and, uh, you start to just meet and connect with people and see that it's a different possibility. Right. And I, I have the conversation a lot, um, with my family, I have two, my, both my parents went to Wit, or my brothers went to Wit. we're, we're Wittenberg true and true. And, um, I am, I am unique in my family and friends set, I think, but I'm not when I'm here, you know, when I'm here, there's a whole community of people doing the same thing. Like they're living far from friends and family. You connect with them. Um, certainly through doing Peace Corps, which was a great, I think Peace Corps is a great opportunity to do your two years and you have a social support system. You have a support system in the, the agency. You know, I think uh, you have other Peace Corps volunteers who are doing it with you who are in your same cohort. Um, and you start to, to meet people, other expats are living abroad and you start to think like, oh, maybe I could do that. That could be interesting. You know, you fall into it with a lot of different perspectives. And um, actually, one of my best friends from uh, from Wittenberg, who I never would have thought would be living abroad, um, is also foreign service. And she's fallen into it. Uh, you know, sometimes it's a partner, uh, uh, you know, someone stops at a career fair and tells you about um, these opportunities with the federal government overseas. And you just kind of um, roll with it and, you know, see, see what's what's out there. So I think part of it. Um, my parents were both really supportive of it. They still are, still are. Um, they like to travel when they can. They came to visit me. Um, we've done South Africa, we've done Botswana and Namibia together. So they're adventurous. Um, and I think that having that support is really important. Um, I make the argument, although I don't know how well they buy it, is that <laughs> when I'm overseas, so when I can get home for three or four weeks, I'm with them for three or four weeks. And how often, unless I'm living next door to them, do I have that opportunity? You know, if I was living in California and Ohio, you get here, or even Columbus, you know, I come for weekends and they're packed with other things. Um, but last year I got home for six weeks and I was just with my mom and dad. And that was really precious time um, to be with them. And, and unfortunately with COVID, not, not a lot of other people, which was both good for mom and dad, not so much for, for everybody else. 
So I think that's important. And I think um, the last thing I would say is that I, I tell them all the time because they are, we, are, we have such strong roots and my, I'm really close to, to both of my older brothers and my mom and dad. And that allows me to feel like, like I have a home with them still, you know, I might be traveling the world and starting over every few years, you got to make new friends, you got to learn a new city. And that is exciting and wonderful and exhausting and a little bit scary. And you get on the plane and there's a moment where you're like, what the heck did I just sign up for? Um, but I, I have this wonderful network of friends and family um, back home that give me that kind of source of like, okay, it's gonna, you know, we're going to be, I'm going to be just fine. I can always go home. So I think that helps. And again, whether or not they would say the same thing, my mother might have very different opinions to that question, but uh, there you go. <laughs> no, that's, that's perfect. I think sometimes there's just the fear of the initial move, the initial like Absolutely. change of yeah. different, you know, I think there's some fear about the experience of just having to shift things rather than the outcome. Because yeah. I think a lot of people learn to adapt and, and make, you know, make things work as time goes on. But it's that initial kind of jolt. It's a little, little yeah. nerve wracking for people. So. It really is. And like it, it and you keep pushing and you realize how adaptable you are, and how quickly you get into a new routine. Um, and how like you can do it, you can figure it out. And, you know, there's days where it feels overwhelming and there's days where you're like, yeah, this is fine. Oh, that's right. I'm in another country. Like, oh, I guess, I guess I am, aren't I? <laughs> like, so it's cool. So, so I'm wondering, it's kind of a related question and you've touched on this a bit, but what, what are some of the joys and challenges that you've had to, to, that you've had as you've adapted to working internationally over time? Yeah. Um, for me, the but, and, and I love this about my job is that I work um, in offices in the, in the last two years. So I didn't always work abroad, but the last, um, I guess, three years in Timor and here and in, in, in my experience in Peace Corps as a volunteer is working with other cultures. I mean, you are immersed in another culture. You are always um, challenging your own assumptions, challenging yourself. I think it... Uh, has your level of self-awareness has to increase tenfold. Did I say, you know, how did I say it? What words did I use? What's the body language going on here? What's the other context? Um, and I, I really like that part. I like the challenge of trying to figure out what's going on. I love learning about other cultures. Um, and, and the more that things are different and you, you see that and the more it's the same, the more it's, you know, people want the same things. And I, so I think it makes, um, the world smaller in some ways where you realize, you know, it's kind of crazy, but we're all striving for some such similar goals, um, taking care of your family and, you know, feeling like, and so I think it builds that empathy that you have um, for other people that you might just kind of, you know, think, oh, I must not relate to this person at all. Um, there's a lot of funny moments too. And I like to laugh. I like to joke. And if you can't, find humor. Uh, it's going to be a really, really hard time uh, living overseas. And so I, I like that. you got some epic stories, epic like fails. And it's usually me, you know, walking into it and you're like, oh, wow, I remember that one time. So um, and, and, you know, I mean, it's an absolute privilege to be able to travel and see some of the places I've seen that, you know, the, the wildlife um, I, I am not as much of a city person. I like, I like kind of remote places with not a ton of people. And um, to my joy, I lived in Botswana, which is very sparsely populated. And I've lived in, um, it has a ton of elephants and savannas and, you know, everything you think of in, uh, 
kind of the, the quintessential African wildlife. And I lived in Timor-Leste, which is one of the most, uh, one of the more recent countries in the world and has beautiful coral and um, just incredible ocean biodiversity. Um, and now I'm here in Sri Lanka where there's beaches, there's mountains, there's history. So you can't overlook that, that, you know, I'm in, I've been in some people's dream vacation destinations and I've lived there. So that, that is pretty lucky. Um, and I think some of the challenges being far from home is, you know, I've got five nieces and nephews and it stinks to miss uh, their birthdays and the funny moments they have um, being far from home and close to family. Although with technology, I will say it has drastically changed that. I, I talk to my mother more than I would like to admit. <laughs> um, and we always find things to talk about, much to my dad's surprise. Um, so you do, you are able to stay connected. But, you know, if something happened, it, you know, in Timor, it would take me three days to get home. Here, it would take me a solid 24 hours. That is kind of always in the back of your mind. Um, and I think it does take us an energy to start over every few years. Uh, you're making new friends, putting yourself out there can be, um, so it is really rewarding, but it, it can also be tiring. So I think, um, yeah, that's a, hopefully not too deep to scare anyone away, but you know, I think the challenge, you know, on the flip side, if I'm somewhere too long, I, I do start to get the itch a little bit, you know, <laughs> I like to be able to to go home um, to Chagrin Falls, Ohio, where I'm from, and and uh, and connect with those roots, and it's so easy to slip back in. And after a few weeks, I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go see something new. So, reconnecting a bit, and then and heading back yeah. out. <laughs> you mentioned uh, how you how you love diving into culture and and. Um, even at the same time, how, how that sometimes can challenge our assumptions. And I, it's something that I'm really passionate about. And so I'm interested if you could talk more about the importance of understanding the local context in which, in which you're serving and the history surrounding those contexts for, for the work that you're doing. I think there are a lot of students who have interests in doing service programs or working with NGOs or nonprofits doing work internationally because, you know, we all have that Wittenberg desire to pass on our light. However, without this recognition of context and history, I think sometimes um, some of that some of that can have harmful outcomes. You know, you think of this kind of idea of Western saviorism. You know, one of the things that I appreciate about organizations like the Peace Corps that do this well is that you work within the local context in which you are. You journey alongside the communities, and you also make a point to try to recognize those systems that have created the challenges you're dealing with across the globe. So I'm wondering if you could just share the, about the importance of that for your, your work and, and what you're doing day to day. Yeah, I mean, that is, it's such a good point. And um, luckily been, I think more and more uh, awareness uh, on it for people who are, who are wanting to work overseas. Um, and I, and I think I, for me, a lot of it comes from my, my time in Peace Corps service that is um, a, a community approach to development where you are, you know, for the first months trying to figure out, meet people and listen and just listen, just stop talking and listen. And what do they need? And, you know, it's a, um, I think some of us do it better than others. And I'm, I'm sure sometimes it's communicated and trained better than others, but um, Peace Corps approach to development really is, it's like listening with the community, listen to what they're asking you for. And so, and my, um, and, and the great thing about it too, that I like for anyone who might be listening, who's not thinking about international movement is that you can do this anywhere. First of all, like the cross-cultural exchange, I think 
the U.S. is so diverse and there are other cultures in your neighbor's house and there's other cultures down the street and in another state and yeah. using the skills you have um, going overseas are applied to all of that, right? So it's everyone has their own experience and their own um, customs and, and the, the iceberg model of like what you see over, under, you know, above the surface and everything that's kind of um, informing that underneath the surface and to not uh, make assumptions and judge. I mean, you have to, to the level that you need to move around the world, but like uh, always kind of asking why, taking time to, to step back and say, listen, this was, you know, what do you, you know, and, and that's like the cross-cultural aspect to it, but being the new person in the office every, you know, every so many years we move, it's, um, you don't come in and say, these are all the changes we're going to make and we're going to do things my way. It's like listening. Uh, what are they, what's your team proud of? What do they want to work on? What do they feel like their strengths are? Um, what do they feel like the priorities are? And, you know, competing that against what you're seeing, what your bosses are seeing, um, but really working with people um, and, 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 and you know, maybe the word empowering is, and not, I don't know if that's PC anymore, or, I don't know, but it's like, that is what you're doing. I'm trying to you know, leave the staff where they are more confident in their skills because they have a ton of them um, and feel like they can lead. And I uh, say over and over again to, to my teams and especially in my job. So I was in Timor for two and a half years, and I am now in uh, Sri Lanka, but, you know, may move on to another post. And the posts for Peace Corps live and die with the local staff. It is the local staff that are the history and the knowledge, and you guys have the, the cultural context and so much value. So, uh, you know, needing to speak up and listen to, um, and I think that approaches, yeah, for so many things would be nice if we used it more, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering, kind of building off of that, I mean, it sounds like there's just a lot of meaning and what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And I, so I'm curious if you could just share about, you know, in your current work, what's been some of the most meaningful parts of it and what, you know, um, what, what have you, you know, are you most proud of in those, in those moments? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, when I, when I got to my last post in Timor-Leste, I had heard, you know, the, the, there's so much room for improvement. There's so much room for improvement. And, you know, I, I worked hand in hand with the staff that are the most wonderful humans and they did. And I think they are proud of themselves with how much um, they were able to put processes in place and, and figure it, you know, figure it out on their own, right? They didn't you know, need me to be there. They did the work, but I was able to, I think, just kind of, you know, lead the charge, poke a little here and there, figure out um, kind of what direction to go in. So watching, I think the confidence grow in your staff is huge. Um, and I think like the, uh, the mission driven aspect to federal service. So um, I was after Peace Corps, I used my non-competitive eligibility, which is a very technical term for trying a hiring mechanism in the federal government um, to work at the Small Business Administration. And the Small Business Administration, you know, similar to Peace Corps, I feel like it's, there's aspects to our federal government that um, have wonderful missions and are sometimes not the best at communicating or advertising what they do. Um, but there really is some great work there for people who are interested in federal service and, um, and they need passionate people. You know, very, the Wittenberg motto, I think, translates really well. Um, and then there I was working on programs to help entrepreneurs, to help connect them to resources, to help 
um, support what we had cohort based groups for entrepreneurs trying to scale their business. We had um, working with innovation clusters of technology on how to get small businesses into these pipelines of, of technology to really grow their businesses, um, connecting them with universities. There's really interesting stuff happening. Uh, and I just kind of always felt like if I can uh, do good work and, and help people and, and not, uh, doesn't always have to be in a way that, um, I don't know, I feel like you see on TV, that's kind of like sacrificing your own goals or something like, you know, I, I love what I do and um, I think I'm good at it. And, and I don't feel like that's too much to say. And I feel like it's using my skills. Like it's not um, a sacrifice of my skills. And there's a lot of education you rattled off there in the beginning. And I, you know, it's not, it's not wasting those education degrees either, <laughs> hopefully. So shifting a little bit to some practical steps for students who are listening, I, I think if, if there is a student out there that's interested in exploring working internationally, where, where would you kind of recommend that they begin at? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so of course I will default to um, consider Peace Corps. I think you should. I think it is um, a way to really challenge yourself, push yourself out of your comfort zone um, and serve a community and commit to that community for two years. It, I do not think you find other comparable programs. However, if you were like me and you graduated Wittenberg and your immediate thought was, oh my gosh, I can't possibly be two, doing two years of service overseas, says the person who's now spent 10 overseas, <laughs> um, then I think start smaller. There's a lot of programs out there um, you know, that do your research. If you wanted to make sure it's not super volunteerism, there's, there's ways to do give back. There are really reputable um, organizations, whether it's study or service or mission, uh, mission trips. I think there's a variety of them. You can read up on kind of the pros and cons of all of them and, and, and timing wise to, to kind of feel like, what do you want to, uh, to get the experience to see if it really is for you, but I would, but try it. Um, international development, if that's the goal, is pretty hard to get into. I think you're, when I started it, my friends and family were kind of like, oh, good, like you have a bunch of education, you'll definitely get a job there. And then you start poking around and you're like, oh my God, it's like crazy competitive. And you have to have like started an NGO in some you know, tiny rural village in somewhere. And it was, if you have, you know, it's, it, it is a more competitive field than you might imagine, um, but uh, doable. And so get the experience, make sure you, it's really something you're, you're passionate about, you feel comfortable about living abroad and you can do that in so many ways beyond, you know, just being able to take trips abroad, which is not a privilege that a lot of people have and it doesn't give you a big taste of it. Um, and the other thing is while you're at Wittenberg, you know, there's a lot of trips. I don't know if they, there's all the trips that they still do, but um, certainly the Lesotho trip, while it didn't immediately for me translate into Peace Corps, it did, you know, five years after, I think it was six, six or seven years after um, uh, I did my Peace Corps service. And so you don't know kind of the, the lasting effects of, of when that might translate it down the road for you, but you've had um, some experience so studying abroad um, or any of those trips, I think are a great launching point to, to get the taste for it. 
Perfect. Well, thank you so much for, for all of that. I, I've really, I, I've had a great time with this conversation. I really enjoy <laughs> the work that you're doing and appreciate all of, uh, all of that you share with the students. I'm wondering, you know, if you have any last thoughts you'd like to share with, with those who are tuning in and listening before we, before we wrap up today. I, that is a good question. And I, um, I think my last thoughts would be don't hesitate to reach out to people. You know, when I was interested in, um, and being abroad, whether it was before Peace Corps, during Peace Corps, all of the above, um, reaching out to people on LinkedIn, reaching out to people through the Career Center at Wittenberg about who they can contact. Um, so often, you know, I kind of make it a point to if people reach out to me about what my current job is, how did I do it, whatever. I almost always say yes if I can to chat with them for 15 minutes, 30 minutes. Um, you know, people, especially with grads, are, are eager to give back and help out. And even if the conversation, you leave it saying, okay, don't want to do that. Like, hey, you've learned something, right? So you figure out what you want to do, figure out what you don't want to do is equally important. And so um, don't be shy to, to ask people for their time, be, um, you know, specific and, hey, hey, can I have 15 minutes? I want to talk to you about this topic. And, and I do think your answer is mostly going to be yes. And they'll probably end up talking for more, just like I usually do. <laughs> so... Yeah, this was really a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for spending time with us. I know uh, it's getting into the evening uh, uh, there. And so we, we uh, wish you the best in, in, the, in the days ahead and hope to see you back on campus in the future. But I've really enjoyed this conversation and uh, hope, that, uh, hope that you take care. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap on today's pod. Tune in again next week for another great conversation. And as always, Tiger Up.